This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. diocesan initiative to look at how the church deals with its presence in the city. We have with us Bishop Ruth Lewandowski, a redemptorist who uh, is auxiliary bishop and urban vicar, and Jerry Royale Bird, who is the lead on this project and who is kind of guiding the process as we go along. Welcome to the show, both of you. Good to be with you. Thanks for the opportunity to share with you and with all the folks listening. Talk to us a little bit about what this process is and what it's called. The church in the city of Baltimore has changed dramatically in the course of decades. We're not the church that we used to be collectively or even individually as as parishes. When we look at a particular parish or parishes as a whole, what we find is we have fewer resources and buildings and finance, uh, smaller pools of volunteers to draw from for our, our work, our activities, events, and ministries, and, and actually fewer dollars uh, to support the ministries, uh, fewer people in the benches. That, that's a serious concern, and it's a concern that we need to address now. I don't think that we can let um, another year pass without stopping, saying, you know, what is it that's happening here, and then coming up with a plan, a process, um, an action, something that we, that we need to do to address the situation. And what is the theme for this? So we call this Seek the City to Come. That title comes from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 14. And it has levels of meaning. When you say Seek the City to Come, right away we think uh, of our heavenly homeland that we're all called one day to be in the new Jerusalem, the kingdom of God in its fullness. But two, it ha- has a meaning for our present day lived reality. And, and I liken it to the words of the Our Father that we pray, on earth as in heaven. That as we're striving for heaven, we should make where we are right here and right now as heavenly as possible. And so the goal of the initiative, when we say seek the city, We are journeying toward heaven, all of us, but on this journey, we want to have a heavenly experience and make heaven happen now right here in our neighborhoods in the city of Baltimore through the ministry of the parishes and through the mission of the church. Jerry, it's not just about numbers, though, is it? There's a lot of rough things going on in our city, I mean, throughout our whole state, but particularly the city has some problems that the church is uniquely suited to respond to. How can this process address that? Well, I think in a way, Chris, this is really, this initiative is really an opportunity, right? It's an opportunity for the church to really be able to lean in on where we're needed and be able to nurture the communities that we anchor. 
uh, Baltimore has beautiful neighborhoods here. They are traditionally very individual. They're beautiful. They have gifts. The neighborhood and the neighborhoods and the city is a mosaic, and so are our parishes. They are all equipped to to have their own special gifts. And what we're wanting to do is to have every parish look at where they best serve, what their ministry is, and the gifts that they possess in order to be able to provide that kind of opportunity for those neighborhoods and the city as a whole. Because I really do think it's about saving people. You know, so much, sometimes we're, we can be very loyal and focused on brick and mortar. But what we realize is that Christ came to save people. And, and in this mission, I feel like Seek the City, we have an opportunity to be able to do that. Bishop Bruce, you talked uh, a little, you've talked a little bit about the, the way these numbers have to work together. And my understanding from something you've said before is that there are many parishes in the city that don't have full-time staff, that aren't really able to get out there and, and do the kinds of things that some of the parishes in uh, in the suburbs or in the rest of the archdiocese could do. Is this a way that maybe those resources could be shared across parishes so they can more effectively serve the, their people? Well, first, we don't expect the parishes in the city to be like the parishes in the suburbs. Our unique city reality uh, places demands on pastors, parish staff, and parishioners that, that are unique. Uh, we have pastors who have rushed out of their rectories with staff to aid people who have been shot in the street or hit by a car, um, people who are, are overdosed on drugs, uh, people are coming for food, for shelter, uh, crisis. Really, our, our city parishes are field hospitals, like Pope Francis says. Now, we want to make sure that those parishes have enough resources in staff, in finance, in volunteers, in whatever it is they need to be the presence of Jesus in their neighborhood. Now, my concern is that right now we have parishes that do not have staff. They don't have finance. They don't have volunteers. For example, we have parishes in the city with no director for faith formation, parishes in the city with no maintenance staff, parishes that don't have business managers, uh, no one is, is responsible for youth and young adult ministry. One thing that could result from this is we, we could have regional ministries. Um, that, that's a possibility where a, a whole region in maybe uh, Metro West, where they could share a youth minister, director of faith formation, where they could share outreach ministries for the poor and people in the streets. So I, I think when you get all of the folks into the room, which we plan to do, in many different ways, in our listening sessions on all different levels, um, when we get everyone in the room, I think great things can happen when we listen to each other and open ourselves up to the power of the Holy Spirit. Who knows what could be possible? Mm -hmm. I, I think, um, as Jerry was, was alluding to, uh, this is a mosaic, and right now sometimes the pieces don't touch each other. 
and and we're we're like pulling everybody into the room and saying you need you need to rub elbows you need to Jerry says this all the time it's time to lock arms <laughs> and it's and it really is this this moment is for us to do that and and east needs to come to west west needs to go to east um, south needs to go to north we we need to to all come together and say who are we here what's great what's the best about us and how can we use those gifts those strengths and those abilities uh, for the good for the benefit of God's people in our city in our neighborhoods I have this dream that um, some of the issues we face as a city um, will be resolved when we're better missionary disciples crime violence abandoned buildings abandoned houses garbage abandoned lots um, youth with, with no direction you know, in the neighborhoods, missing school, poor um, folks in need who are not having those needs met. Um, I, I, I just have this dream that, and again, I, it's, I, I don't want to be, sound like I have a Messiah complex. We're not going to resolve all the problems, but I think we could do better uh, for the people of Baltimore in, in living the gospel. Yeah, you know, years ago, uh, the day after the, the riots around Freddie Gray and, and his death, um, my our photographer and I were out in West Baltimore with the Archbishop, and we stopped in a neighborhood after he left because he had to go to another meeting. And there were folks who were cleaning up from the night before. And they said, we're so glad you're here because a lot of the, the media are not telling this story of us being proud of our neighborhood and wanting to clean it up. Mm-hmm. You know, So, I, I, Jerry, you, you've talked about the gifts that every, every neighborhood has every faith community has, how can those be a part of this process? Well, I think what, what we want to do first is ensure that as we start the process that we are really listening and learning, right? So when we're out there with our open form or open prayerful discussions, when we're visiting different parishes, we want to ensure that if we're listening and learning, then we're, we're collaborating and collectively coming up with resolution and ways that we can lock arms together, right? And ways, because there, there could be one parish on one side of town that, that's doing one type of ministry and maybe another doing the same thing. But if they've not had time to be together and lock arms together, then they don't, we can collaborate, they can work together. Yeah. And, and learn from and each other. And learn from each other, exactly. So, I mean, that, that really is, I think, the best way to move forward is, is to ensure that we are listening and that we're learning um, on all fronts and that we're ensuring that every voice is heard. Because sometimes it could be in, like, the, sm- the one little area we really don't know or somebody that is not always as vocal. But I think that in this process, as we are meeting people where they are, we're meeting communities where they are, we are we're uncovering, and I think that's that's part of that's part of this being together and working together and being able to find resolution together. Well, after the break, we're going to talk some more with Bishop Bruce Lewandowski and Jerry Bird about seek the city to come. And I want to talk to you after the break about how long this process is going to take and what that process looks like. You're listening to Catholic Review Radio. I 
have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests served for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. The moment the axe left Bob Ohl's hand, there was no question where it would land. Hurtling through the air after a rotation or two, it hit with a loud thwack right in the center of a large wooden board. It was a bullseye. That was my satisfying throw, said Ohl, a parishioner of Our Lady of the Chesapeake in Lakeshore. Ohl was one of more than 70 men from Our Lady of the Chesapeake and St. Jane Francis de Chantal in Riviera Beach who gathered for a night of axe-throwing and log-splitting September 24th at St. Jane Francis. Sponsored by two area councils of the Knights of Columbus, the friendly competition was designed to give men a fun experience and also introduce them to the Knights of Columbus Into the Breach video discussion series that encourages Catholic men to take their faith more seriously. Father James Boers, Associate Pastor of the Pastorate of Our Lady of the Chesapeake and St. Jane Francis, noted that even before the Knights announced the event, 40 men already signed up through word of mouth. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. Russia's bishops said Catholics faced dilemmas responding to a mass call-up for the war in Ukraine, and they urged President Vladimir Putin's government to recognize conscientious objection. The confrontation in Ukraine has grown into a full-scale military conflict and already claimed thousands of lives, undermining trust and unity between countries and peoples, and threatening the entire world's existence, the Moscow-based Bishops' Conference said in a pastoral letter. The letter, quoting the Catechism of the Catholic Church, was published September 28th as Ukrainian forces continued an eastern counteroffensive a week after Putin's announcement that at least 300,000 reservists would be called up to fight. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm George Matisek. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. We are talking with Bishop Bruce Lewandowski, Urban Vicar, for the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and Jerry Royale Bird, who is the lead on the project called Seek the City to Come, which is about looking at the church in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, especially in Baltimore City. I, I want to talk a little bit about something that's, you know, kind of that elephant in the room. Do you have any preconceived notions of how many parishes or how many churches there will be in the city of Baltimore and the, and the nearing Baltimore County when this process is done? So in total, there are 60 parishes involved in the initiative. Of those parishes, there are four varieties or kinds. So we have parishes that do ordinary pastoral care, where people come, there may be a parish school, and it's life as usual. Then we have parishes with a particular um, dedicated ministry focus. So we have parishes that do campus ministry or Hispanic ministry. We also have parishes that are historical like the Basilica. And then we have uh, this fourth category where, you know, we're open to something new that might emerge. You know, we have historic parishes like St. Francis Xavier. That's the oldest 
black Catholic parish in the country. Those parishes, we, we know they're a treasure. And, and you, you don't sell your treasure. <laughs> so um, the, there um, are some parameters in the sense that um, our historic churches are very valuable to us. They're, they are close to our hearts and we cherish them. They are near and dear to us. Um, that said, I want to say there, there are no <coughs> lists, there are no numbers, no preconceived outcomes. The reason, and Jerry said this in the previous segment, that we're gathering everybody at the table from the start and everybody through the, through the three phases of this process, listening, the um, time for discernment and then decision-making, that everybody will be at the table. We will be having in each of those phases six regional gatherings and parish visits and focus group meetings and online survey and paper survey. We're even going to have call-in for those who are not having access to the Internet. So the goal is to get everybody at the table, get input, and then all work together and to serve. Overall, the regional gatherings, which are open to the public, open to anybody who wants to participate, we'll have those throughout the city. Overall, in total, we'll be having 18 of those. And so everybody will have a chance. And the goal is you're going to work together to come up with, with what the church will look like going forward. That's why it's called Seek the City. We're, we're seeking our future together, and it's a journey that we're all on, and everybody has a place at the table. Everybody has a voice in the conversation, but we all have to have hearts and ears to hear to and um, give ourselves to prayer to discern. Mm-hmm. Jerry, the process will take... 18 to 24 months as it's, per, mm-hmm. as it's perceived. What's the, what are those phases and, and how are parishes being uh, surveyed as a part of that? Mm-hmm. Well, so like Bishop Bruce just said, you know, we're, we're part of that listening. Everyone is, is a part of, collectively a part of that voice that will help to shape the process um, and shape the future. So in order to do that, we want to ensure that we are visiting parishes. Um, we will, once we start our listening phase, we will embark upon a whole process where we're visiting every single parish there is, all 60 structures um, in the city, uh, where we have an opportunity to listen carefully, know their gifts, their strengths, their challenges, um, the opportunities that are there. Um, we will have a second part of that process, which will be envisioning, where after we've listened and learned, we have this this unique opportunity to come back to the table and really think more creatively about what can we do, what, what kind of creative ingenuity can we utilize moving forward, right? And if we're discerning and if we're prayerful and really working through the Holy Spirit we will come to some resolution and find a path forward. So the process really won't work if we don't have participation and if we don't have engagement because everyone will help to shape the outcome. How will this affect some people who may have been worshiping at a church for years, decades, even generations in their family? How do you think they will respond to, to this process? We know that people have given themselves completely and totally to their parishes for generations. 
we acknowledge that we're very respectful of that and at the same time I think I think about it this way um, our families move from house to house and I remember moving from my childhood home into a new home and how difficult that was, beginning with a new school, new friends, new experiences. It's hard. So I, I think we need to be attentive to the grief, the pain, the sadness that this will bring. And it will be difficult. In some moments, it will be hard. But if, if the, the grain of wheat doesn't fall to the ground and die, um, you know, there won't be new life. There won't be resurrection. And to, to say that some of our parishes right now are in the autumn of their lives is a reality. And to, to journey with those communities through death and resurrection, it, it's what it means to be Catholic. Mm -hmm. The Paschal mystery marks our lives. Is it easy? No. Uh, at some point in this process, we're going to be at the foot of the cross, like Mary and St. John were, or Mary, our Blessed Mother, and St. John. And we're going to need to have... Uh, helpful professionals, facilitators, mediators, grief counselors with us. We, we've already acknowledged that, that it needs to be part of our process. Um, but at the same time, and I always think of it like this, I'm not doing this for myself. And we're, none of us, a lot of us will not see the results of this. We are planting seeds that other folks will water and other, other folks will, you know, provide light and um, protection. And hopefully the, the seeds that we're planting now will grow into mighty trees and bear wonderful fruit. Look at what happened 60, 70, 100 years ago, 200 years ago in Baltimore. Mighty trees in, in cathedral-like churches that grew up. And the fruit from those parishes, generations of good, faithful Catholics, you know, and it's it's our time now to do the same, to plant the seeds for a future that we will probably not see. Mm -hmm. uh, they say if you ask an arborist, what's the best time to plant a tree? They'll say 20 years ago. <laughs> and what's the next best time to plant a tree right now? Mm -hmm. You know, so. Yeah. So you can look at this also as pruning, you know, that gospel image of the, the tree that's been pruned so that it can grow and produce more abundant fruit. And so th this is a kind of gospel pruning uh, experience that we'll go through. It, it, it'll be painful, but the goal is new and more abundant fruit. So based on that image of gospel pruning, what do you see as your vision for this when this process is done in a couple of years? And what do you hope are the next steps? Uh, a few images come, come to mind. Um, one is the Ezekiel image of the Valley of the Dry Bones. I've referred to the churches we have as a good skeletal structure. We have the bones. We just need to, to have the gifts and power of the Holy Spirit to sweep through with grace and blessings to, to bring flesh and sinew to those bones again and muscle. And that's going to be through the, the, the hard but necessary work of evangelization. And that evangelization, I think, happens in primary evangelization, those who have not heard the good news of Jesus yet or those who don't accept it as good news. And then also to lift up the spirits of those who are already in the churches, who, who need the message um, to bring hope. And um, they, they've weathered the storm. The folks that are in our churches in the city right now, 
have weathered the storm. They've been there through thick and thin, and they need the encouragement and hope of the gospel also. So that's one image that comes to mind. Encouragement for all, but new life and new energy. The, the other is that, that idea that this is, is a garden. Uh, this is the vineyard. And we're planting seeds that some of us will, will not see the, the results of this planting. We won't be around for the harvest. Um, and that, that difficult pruning that happens where we have to trim the tree back so that the fruit that it produces now will, will be uh, more abundant um, and the, the fruit we need for our times here in the church. So those, those two images, the Valley of the Dry Bones, I, I think is appropriate. And then also, you know, the sower who went out to sow and, you know, in the pruning that takes forth in, in a, a compassionate, loving uh, gospel um, kind of pruning that will bring new life, new energy, new enthusiasm for the church, for its sacraments, but mostly for the Lord, for, for Jesus who loves us all. And Jerry, what are the next steps? Well, I think the next steps right now is that we are we are leaning in to listen and learn because the only way that we can really bring all our gifts to the table and really feast as one body so that we're all nurtured enough to carry out the mission of Christ um, and to really answer the needs of our city, we have to listen to one another and we have to learn from one another. So we're, we're leaning in on this um, incredible opportunity to have all voices weigh in. And that's that's the next steps in the process. Thank you. The initiative Seek the City to Come was announced this week by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and, our, and Archbishop William Lurie. We've been talking today with Bishop Bruce Lewandowski, who is urban vicar, and with Jerry Royale Bird, who is the lead on this project. Thanks so much for being with us today and talking about this exciting project. It was great being with you. God bless. Have a great day. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you've been listening to Catholic Review Radio. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death, amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.